right, well, welcome to this episode of the Holy as Hell podcast. I'm CG. I'm DJ, and welcome back to Holy as Hell, mother. (laughs) All right. Um, So it's been a long week. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a long long month. Year already. (laughs) I was like, damn, is this still January? January felt like three damn Look, we started January. Everybody was on that 2020 is going to be my year energy. (laughs) (laughs) And then January came and (laughs) backhanded all of us. January came and slapped the shit out of me. (laughs) January said, oh, you think this year's going to be your year? Psych. Well, bitch, I I got news for you and the rest of the damn world. Damn. Yes, so I'm glad to God. see that you have made it through January, DJ. I'm glad to see you have made it you through all January. Are listening in still yeah. to this first February episode yeah, of the man. podcast. I'm glad y'all have made it. Happy yeah. years to hear. Well, I guess we will launch right into it. Yeah, so we're going to jump right in. Not going to waste a beat. <laughs> Got a lot of content to get a through. A lot of content. Um, so we were, you know, trying to figure out, you know, I've actually been reading my Bible more. and Oh. I have. Praise the Lord. I have. I'm really proud of myself. So this week our Bible story is going to come from uh, my second favorite book of the Bible, which is Exodus. <laughs> Nigga, so tune in, pour you a glass of Merlot. I know some of you other ones like that basic shit, like you know a good um, j- jam. What's it, strawberry jam? <laughs> so it's called Jam Jar, and I will never apologize. And it literally looks like so a kindergarten made the bottle. But if that, if that works for you, whatever you have, pour in, tune in. And we're going to jump right into Genesis. Personally um, attacked. Okay, it's fine. You should be grow up. So... Um, a long ass time ago in Egypt, right? And for some of y'all, you know, who didn't pass seventh grade geography, Egypt is in Africa. Hello. Um, just want to make that very clear because niggas don't look at maps anymore. But anyway, there was a long time ago in Egypt, there was this woman and she had just had this baby. And so for context, in Egypt at the time, this weak ass nigga called Pharaoh had just issued this decree. He was like, yo, if I want the midwives who were like delivering babies and shit, he was like, yo, I want y'all to kill all the the boy babies y'all deliver. And the way, the way, the midwives was like, I don't know, I don't want to do it. Um, I ain't gonna do it. So they didn't do it. So they kept having babies, but women were still like, damn, my baby might get killed. So anyway, it was this one woman. She had just had this baby. And she was like, hell no, nah, you ain't finna kill my son. So she kept her son secret for like three months. She was nursing him and shit. And then when he got older and healthy, she put his ass in a reed basket. And then she shipped that basket down the <laughs> river and was like, all right, you know, go with God. So she put this basket down the river, you know, like that lazy river at Six Flags. So he was floating down the lazy river the in Egypt. River. And he survived, which was a miracle. I don't know if she knew that at the time, but he survived. And this infant landed right at Pharaoh's door, the same Pharaoh who was like, kill, kill these niggas. So, but Pharaoh didn't find him. It was actually Pharaoh's daughter who found him. And she was like, oh, mom, I got a son. So she like raised him as her own. And, you know, he had all the latest gear at Pharaoh. He was, a, you know, an Egyptian Nike, an Egyptian 
Burberry and Baby oh. Gucci and all of that stuff. So okay. he lived a very good life in Egypt. So, you know, living it. So anyway, she called this nigga Moses, and Moses was like royalty. He was like in Egypt, chilling, eating grapes and shit. And then one day, he accidentally like killed an Egyptian shoulder. So Moses was like, damn. So then Moses like ran away and was like in the desert and shit. And he was in the desert. And then he like, I don't know, started a whole new life. He like got a married. He had a new stepdaddy or father-in-law. He got, you know, had a son and shit. And he was like really happy. Like he was like mm-hmm. living his best damn life, apparently. <laughs> and, but you no, know, at the same time he's doing this, like, the niggas in Egypt, like the Hebrews and the Israelites who were like, you know, under this pharaoh were like getting they getting like the dog shit beat out of them. Like it was right. like bad as hell. Like it was like never enough to eat. It was like always oppression and the Egyptians were like doing whatever. So it was like that. So then one day Moses was like minding his black ass business, tending to his flock of sheep. Um, and he noticed like a bush on fire. So instead of like running away from the bush, right. this mofo walks towards <laughs> the bush. Because I would I would have walked. I would have ran my ass right back. Me and my sheep. Uh, let's go. Let's get on out of here. But Moses didn't do that. So Moses was like went over to the bush, and the bush like starts talking to him. So the bush was like Moses, and Moses was like what? And the bush was like, Yo, chill out. Take your shoes off, and we need to talk. And Moses was like, um, but you a bush. And so he was, took his shoes off. He was, like, talking to God and stuff. And then the bush, who was apparently God, who heard, like, the Israel, like the Israelites in Egypt's screams, was like, yo, I need you to go and free my folks in Egypt. And Moses was like, nah, I'm, like, not doing that. You crazy. They're going to kill me. I got a speech impediment. I, like, I can't do that. Can't do that. Not doing it. And God was like, Moses, if you don't. Take your ass back to Egypt. There's going to be a problem. So Moses was like, "I." So he went to Egypt. So Moses did what he told to do, what he was told to do by God, and basically Moses beat Pharaoh's ass. Basically, I mean that's how I, when I read it. That's basically how I got it. Moses. So there's some steps there, but there's sure. some steps. But at yeah. the end, then does Moses through God beating the dog shit out of Pharaoh? And so Pharaoh was like, "All right, you and your folks need to get the hell out of Egypt right now." So get all your stuff and go. So they was like, bet. So they like walking out of Egypt. Pharaoh changes his mind like a rat bastard and comes back. But then they all drown. Read the story if you want more details. I ain't doing all that. So they like, you know, chilling. They free, right? Mm -hmm. Following Moses. Mm -hmm. And then these clowns start like complaining about like how good they had it in Egypt. Well, in Egypt, we had this to eat and we had this to drink. And Moses was like, y'all niggas get on my nerves. So Moses was like, yeah. God, God was like, boom, there goes some man. Eat that, take that, drink that. And then I don't smoke that pop. Anyway, so mm-hmm. anyway, the next guy was like, Moses was like, man, God, these folks need some rules. They done heard whining. So Moses was like, all right, I'm going up on this mountain. Y'all be, y'all be, I'm going to talk to God. Like, y'all be cool till I get back. And they was like, all right. So Moses went up on the mountain. And apparently he was up there so long that these niggas thought he wasn't coming back. (laughs) So these niggas started wilding. So they started throwing a party. They started drinking and fighting and sexting and all, and pop blocking and all this other shit. And basically, and then they took all of their gold and like made a God, like, so Moses was up there talking to God, having this really beautiful, intimate one with God. 
he like saw God and everything. It was a really beautiful moment. Like Moses was coming down the mountain and he sees these niggas throwing a fiesta down at the bottom of the mountain. So Moses is pissed. So Moses takes, he just got, he had just got this email from God. So he takes the whatever he had and throws it and breaks it. (laughs) And then God gets pissed at Moses. So Moses, so now, so everybody pissed at everybody. So then he throws it and breaks the calf. And then the people are like, man, they're like, why you, Moses, why you break our golden calf? And Moses was like, man, shut up. I hate y'all. So then they all pissed at each other. And God's pissed at Moses. And then God was like, oh, since y'all want to play games, then y'all going to be out here lost for 40 years. So then they was out in the wilderness for 40 years walking around. And the end. And scene. Thank you for that DJV edition of the Bible. Once again, um, we love hearing about Moses and the people of God and the Israelites, especially because, well, their behavior may seem far off. Like, I remember reading about them being like, well, how can y'all complain? Like, y'all literally just escaped enslavement. (laughs) (laughs) You want to go back because the bread was better? Oh, my God. This is not Golden Corral. This is Um, not the buffet. I, I... our graham crackers are better than slavery and right? oppression. I would rather die than to <laughs> run and be free. But anywho, um, today's reading actually comes from Exodus 32 and the story that we're picking up on with the golden calf. And so some big things you may remember from the drama known as Exodus. There's this whole thing about the Israelites being enslaved and Moses being born and then being saved by the Pharaoh's daughter and then grows up and helps his people escape Pharaoh by crossing the Red Sea. And this is where we get Passover from. But as soon as they leave up out of there and are celebrating, next episode happens and they immediately start complaining. So if Moses had just left them alone, they would have been better off dead because they could have at least had that Egyptian bread that they were used to. And then we kind of move on a little bit more and we get the Ten Commandments and some other laws that hopefully can help them build a new life. So God is giving Moses these instructions on how to build this tabernacle and this Ark of the Covenant. And so while Moses is up there on the mountain talking to God, the people of God are like, um, nah. We don't feel like waiting anymore. And so what they do is start to take the next steps in their own hands. Like they think that something has happened to Moses. They don't have access to God. So they go up to Aaron, who is Moses' sidekick, and are like, hey, you know what? Let's make new gods. Mm. <laughs> and Aaron is like, okay, well, give me y'all's gold and we can um, melt it and <laughs> make something happen. And so everybody is giving up their gold necklaces and their gold chains and rings and they melt it all together. <laughs> so, being this golden calf. And then they're like, oh, all right, here's our God. Well, let us, let's have a festival and bring our offerings and sacrifices because that's what they had seen the Egyptians do. And so... They're playing games with God, and God turns around and looks down and is like, um, Moses, go get your people. I'm tired of them. <laughs> and God, I love this. It even says that God calls them stiff-necked. <laughs> so, um, like I was saying, it, it may seem odd that people think that they can make their own gods. And actually, we 
we do the same thing mm-hmm. a lot. Um, so what I think the Israelites highlight is our own impatience of when we're waiting on God, mm-hmm. but also forgetting already what God has done for us. So Sunday school, lesson number one. Remember that God always does things in God's time. And so what I love about all of our Old Testament stories, especially, is that the people of God are usually at the edge of destruction. And they're like, okay, God, what you going to do? Are you going to work this out? And then the second, right before they think it's all over, God speaks and God moves and then things happen and change. And all of a sudden people are released from the very thing that had them bound. And had the Israelites in this situation had just waited and trusted Moses to come back down from the mountain because right. he hadn't been gone that long. Right. Had they they would have just got their updates and then life would have continued to schedule. But they failed to wait and they wanted to take things into their own hands, which in turn made things worse, which is a real bad habit of mine, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, cool. I was, a, I was affirming that. <laughs> okay. I'm the same way. Okay. Well, so for me, and this is how my life with God tends to work, um, I'll be like, okay, God, I'll wait. And then I'm like, mm, tired of waiting. I try to <laughs> sit on my hands a little bit, but I have a little independent strength in God's like, okay, sure, go for it. But then I end up making like a big mess out of all the things. And God mm-hmm. is like, see, I told you. I told you. And I'm like, you know what? You you were kind of right. God like, right? God's like, I know what I'm talking about. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I literally just, <laughs> I know everything. You know, I just kind of like made you in the universe. Right. Because I like, had the time to. So <laughs> I feel like I can do that too. <laughs> but I think there's also something deeper to this story too, in addition to patience. Um, so with the Israelites, what the situation was is that Moses had become their leader and they, he was like the intermediary at some point. And so every time God had something to say, Moses would go on up that mountain and then everybody else would be like, oh, I'm, I don't want to die today, so I'm, I'm going to stay right here. And they had done this several times already. And so they knew what was up. But as soon as someone was like, well, is Moses coming back? We got to do something else. Like, I'm imagining someone getting, like, a blow horn or, like, an elephant tusking. Like, um, y'all know this man ain't coming back, so we got to do something. Like, let's let's think of some new gods and let's worship them instead. And so, people of God, we just have to do better at remembering what God has already done for us. Because the Israelites forgot and, like, kept forgetting. And God has to remind them over and over and over again that this is going to work out for your good. This is going to work out for your future. And then lastly, these were the same people that were singing and dancing after the Red Sea situation. But shortly thereafter, they started complaining about how their life in slavery was much better than the freedom that they had been experiencing. So they had been delivered from the hand of their enemies and yet, they wanted to go right back. So they were mourning the very thing that they had prayed for. And I think, DJ, you just actually had been corrected on this a week ago or so about wanting something. And then as soon as you get it, you start complaining about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Man. God, give me this new job. 
turns very quickly into God, I'm so stressed out and I don't even want to go to work. <laughs> so yeah. mm-hmm. in your prayers, just always remember that, you know, once you receive the thing that you prayed for, there's always going to be something else, but you can't mm-hmm. turn back so easily for the very thing that you wanted God to do in your life. Because there's always going to be a new mountain to tackle or a new situation to get through. If you think back to all the things that God has already done in your life, then you know that what's coming is always going to be better. It's going to be grander, but it's also going to take even more faith and even more work to work it out. And I think you ever like it's a it's a common saying I feel like in our community where they say like new blessings, new stressings. Mm. Like as you as you as you gain blessings or as like God shows up, like that doesn't mean that those blessings are gonna are like not aren't, aren't gonna be taxed. Like it's mm-hmm. that it's not gonna be something that comes along with it. And I think we live in a we don't I don't know. We often don't just don't talk about that being like, oh, like, yeah, like I got this new car and I have a new car note and I have, well, I have a higher pay. insurance right. premium. <laughs> like, and that literally just had, oh, I got a new car. I don't think I told you that. No. Yeah. So I had to redo <laughs> my insurance and I was like, oh, I'm paying $30 more. And that's literally what it is. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's a blessing, but it's like, oh, like shit's still like. It's gonna hit the fan, and like I, that, I think that's just a part of life. And but I think the the whole thing in this story has been like that. God, God's track record has continually been proved. Like I was mm-hmm. like, even with the Israelites, he was like, <laughs> I showed up in Egypt for y'all, right? I protected y'all from all of that stuff. Right. I, I lifted the Red Sea so y'all could walk by on right. dry land. I gave y'all food to eat in the wilderness. Like God constantly shows up, and then the first sign of like doubt or the first sign that God isn't exactly where you thought God was, you lose your damn mind mm-hmm. and act like you ain't got no home training. When the, I think the lesson here is to like chill, chill the fuck out. Right. And literally take a beat. And God has not forgotten about you. Mm-hmm. Um, God is there. God is right, right where you left mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And God ain't tied to just one person. So like they were, like you said it, like they were waiting on Moses. <laughs> And they were like, oh, well, Moses ain't here, so we're going to do what we the fuck do we, we want to do. do. And Aaron's just sitting there letting them do yo, it. Aaron, yo, you said, Aaron said, yeah, I'll take that uh, I'll take that gold tooth. I'll mm-hmm. take that chain. Yeah. Yep, and we can go. We can get it popping. It's uh, like, you know, if if you know the right thing to do, it shouldn't matter who's around. Like, I wish somebody had been like, and I'm sure there were some people who were like, maybe yeah, we should wait. <laughs> yeah. Y'all like been like, y'all wild. them behind. Or, or probably people, I'm going to let them do it. I'm gonna, I'm, and y'all going to go to hell. And I'm going to let y'all have I wish somebody would have said something like, you know, maybe we should not do this. Yeah, I don't think this is a good idea. But they probably would have been killed. Yeah, that too. Right under the calf. They would have been like, a sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not. I, I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. But yeah, I think, I think, but yeah, I think that was a, I think that's a, a things we think through that as we see that text. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, lesson, wait on God. Remember what God has done, and don't forget what you prayed for. Don't forget what you prayed for. Amen. Amen. Church. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs>
Okay, just just start over. <laughs> I was, I mean, it's fine. We didn't know what's happening. I was like, is it a? I was like, is it a bomb? It is not a bomb. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, this week on our episode of Church Woes, we wanted to discuss church well we probably all have seen and encountered mm-hmm. this past week yeah been in life awesome. um, we've seen a lot of people who are grieving the loss of nba superstar father husband philanthropist coach businessman mm-hmm. movie star Gr- grammy award winning <laughs> award winning yeah uh kobe bryant and, you know, we just seen, seen a whole bunch of people try to grieve both um, privately but also publicly. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it, it has presented a real challenge to where people have commented on the way people are grieving, commenting on how can a person grieve a person that you, don't, you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, worrying about was Kobe Bryant a Christian? Was he saved? Right. Was Gigi saved? Were any other people on there saved? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is rooted in uh, bullshit. A lot of that is rooted in people feeling like they need to comment on everything. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm personally just still in shock. I'm still dealing with the fact that a group of a group of people tragically lost their lives and not only that but like they had families that were impacted there was um Mm -hmm. there was another there was another set of parents on the plane and they had two other kids so you know those kids were orphaned i'm sure you know just all the families involved so i'm i'm just still kind of dealing with Mm -hmm. all of that um and it it had it shocked me it really did so i was yeah Really shocked, but um, I'm just really disappointed in the way that uh, society again and social media has made grieving has turned grieving into a um, a performance, and mm. mm-hmm. yeah, people aren't allowed to grieve the way that they need to. They feel like they have to grieve a certain way, right? And yeah, it's just been a lot. Yeah, and the fact that TMZ broke the news first oh my God. also didn't didn't help anything no. so I remember I was probably I was driving and <coughs> bad habits of picking up your phone and doing a quick scroll at the red light and I saw people like post Kobe Bryant question mark mm-hmm. and I was like what what's going on with Kobe Bryant so a quick Google search took me to a TMZ report and I was like, oh, here go TMZ again, trying to kill off somebody else. But then, you know, news started to circulate, and we find out that this helicopter has crashed, and they're identifying the bodies of these individuals, and one of them just so happens to be Kobe Bryant. There's also the reports about, well, Rick Fox was on the plane, yeah. and, you know, he actually just released a video, or he was talking along with, I think, the other panel of people about how that's impacted his own family. So I think social media is this double-edged sword of, well, let me publicly say something, but also 
everything is super shareable. And so when it comes to situations like this, we have to be delicate and gentle Mm -hmm. in the ways in which we are um, commenting and replying back to people because grief looks different for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really really hard. All because it was like as stuff as more and more came out about the the flight, more and more people just began to like post more like more details. Like mm-hmm. oh, all it was first it was and Kobe's entire family was on the flight, and then it was you know five four first it was four people, and then mm-hmm. it was nine, and then it just it was so many details and social. I think like you said, uh, you know, Crystal, it's like people don't. Social media is like there's no fact checking. It's just like who can get the informa- information out the quickest. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like Vanessa had to find out right. that her family had died from TMZ. Right. Oh my God! I could not. I could. I literally could not imagine if y'all niggas had been will be would tell me that my family had died. Like I like I I I could not fathom. And so now she has to grieve and you know people are going on her page why hasn't she posted why hasn't she mm-hmm. saying anything mm-hmm. i think she actually just released a statement she did um but people were like why hasn't she said she don't owe y'all a goddamn thing first of all she doesn't have to she, when she does like her life just changed mm-hmm. like the father of her like the the man she's been with since she's been like 17 is dead like right. the father of her child her daughter her 13-year-old daughter mm-hmm. is gone. Like, she doesn't owe y'all a damn. She doesn't owe y'all anything. But we expect people to, like, I don't know, it's weird. We expect people to, like, grieve in a certain way, a way that's, like, mm-hmm. appropriate. Mm-hmm. And then it's also, like, the relinquishing of information. And we expect people to, like, post. That's, like, a, a thing now where, like, you mm-hmm. you have to show your grief by posting. You have to. You have to say RIP or you need to share a picture or or something. And if you didn't do that, then you're not grieving. I'm, mm-hmm. I just, I think that's bullshit. I don't, I, I think that that's, I don't, I don't think that's real grief. And like you said, everybody grieves differently. I know some people, I know, I, I know a lot of, uh, a lot of men right now who are like grieving, mm-hmm. like really, really intently. And it's like, it's, you know, it, it's throwing the world for a loop because the world isn't used to seeing men grieving openly. Mm-hmm. Especially black men. Yes. Yeah, especially black men about you know, seeing in these men like grieve openly, but you know, but it's it's just like man, like, and it's the comments too about um, you know, the news reporter she did the uh, the girl oh. dad tribute. Oh, not that one. I'm sorry. I thought she was talking about Los Angeles niggas. That what? woman, the white woman. What she do? Oh, you didn't hear about that? Oh no, 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 oh, no, 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 no! I heard about, I, I heard about that. That was like, it was like Kobe died, and then it was like uh, this report lady saying, uh, "Niggas, can we, can we play that?" We, I'll try to, yeah, we'll figure it, it out. But it was like, um, you know, the whole thing about being a being a girl dad, mm-hmm. and somebody was like, "Well, you know, you know." They were saying that they couldn't agree with the hashtag because it felt. Well, she she felt that way because she couldn't participate in it because her dad was no longer with her. Mm-hmm. So she was she felt grievous. So I, it's, I've been understanding too that people sharing that even that hashtag and sharing their grief and trying to participate 
also trying to understand that people are trying to participate in grief. Like, they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out how they can participate. Mm-hmm. We have people who are organizers who are planning vigils. That's their way of participating. And mm-hmm. the churches that are doing stuff. That Some people are designing clothes. So, like, there's multiple ways to participate in, like, yeah. community grief efforts. But shaming people for grieving is not a way of participation. So, if that's your way of participation, you can go kick rocks with no shoes on because that's dumb. That hurts. I've never tried to kick a rock, but I only imagine what it feels like to kick one without shoes on. I would not suggest it. But I think there's also this profound feeling of sadness that I've experienced this week in conversations and scrolling on social media. And one of the questions that I've had to, you know, ask myself is, well, why am I feeling this way? And it's because this is part of the human experience. I was in a meeting earlier, and one of my um, coworkers read this poem that beautifully talked about the tension that we have with both suffering and celebration. And so even though I didn't know this man, mm-hmm. barely follow NBA, although, you know, I'm from Houston, so go Rockets and comments. And I was like, that's as far as I go with basketball. <laughs> but someone who I had grown up hearing about, someone that I knew was kind of cocky, very confident, mm-hmm. a very great player. Like, I didn't realize how much of a impact he had had. And... That's legacy. And so I think part of what I've been feeling is this man had touched literally the entire world with both his athletic ability, but also his philanthropy um, and like the whole girl dad thing. Like, I'm a girl dad. Mm -hmm. My dad has two girls and I'm a daddy's girl. And it's okay to feel it's always okay to feel something for someone that you don't even know because that's part of the human experience. You know, we're all placed on this planet, God designed. And a lot of my personal theology starts with relationships. I knew a pastor once that I didn't agree with most of what he said, but he did say that, you know, life moves at the speed of relationships. And so whether it's a personal relationship or a relationship that isn't actually a relationship, but you feel connected to someone. Like, that's part of what it means to be alive Yeah, oh, and to good. feel. That's so good. That's so good. I think, yeah, that's like, that's it. Like, it's and it's okay to, to like, be just sitting there, just to be like, okay, like, I'm grieving somebody I don't know right now. And mm-hmm. I don't, I've never, you know, so, and yeah, and yeah, had it had this been like a regular person, it would still be sad. Mm-hmm. Would the world be feeling this way? Probably not. But I also think Kobe showed us the complexity of like being a human person. Like Kobe wasn't perfect. Like Kobe, right, right. his mistakes are all on the record. Like like wasn't a, a perfect person. Like his him his relationships and all that. But I think like it's like him. Like what we've gotten to see over these last few days was like he was like a really beautiful person he had a really beautiful family he owned his mistakes and like mm-hmm. and like it was using his means to like rectify them and also create opportunity for other people and other women and girls and his daughter and i think 
you know, him being a girl dad, like, really put life in perspective for him. And I don't know, maybe him causing him to retire or whatnot, but Mm -hmm. I, I think... I saw also a lot of people who were starting, well, I've seen like a few stuff that was like, oh, you know, he's a terrible person and we shouldn't. I was like, people are so much more complex than that. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody mm-hmm. is just, nobody's just one thing. Right. Like, you, we're always like operating under multiple hats at the same time. So, <clears throat> Kobe was complicated, as am I, as are, are you. Um, and I, and it's, it's just sad because I also think that like, I just believe he has so much more to do, and I think that. But it, like you said, it, it it really does really make life look so finite and just and just. And like one thing I heard Shaq say, Shaq was like, "Yo, if you got beef with somebody, fix that shit." Mm-hmm. Like Shaq was like, and if you know anything about it, like Shaq and Kobe had beef, like they were like not vibing for a good long time. And Shaq was like, "I know the exact last moment I talked to him, and I should have reached out, and I will never get the chance to." And it was like, yo, if you got beef with somebody, fix that shit. And I was like, damn. Did you see what 50 Cent posted? No, because I try to stay away from that nigga. But oh well, even even he. 50 Cent said something. He said it was so. BET posted it, and you know, clickbait. Like 50 Cent is about to do something. And I was like, okay, well, let me let me click. <laughs> and there was this one sentence or two sentences on Instagram. He was like, you know what? I ain't got time for this. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna stop arguing with people. And you know, for 50 cents. It's about damn time. Cause, Stop cause, getting the strap. Because he's. Because you don't need to. But when he's not going to get it. Like, that's the gag, though. Like, 50 cents just filed for. He didn't just file for bankruptcy. But he's not going to get the strap. You need to get a new writer for power. Because that shit was garbanzo. But anyway, church will. Yes. But the yeah. But yeah, it's just <clears throat> finding ways to allow people to, like, grieve in a way that's best for them and creating an environment where they can do that even Mm -hmm. if it's online like even if it's online like allowing people to figure their like theology and stuff out like i saw Mm -hmm. people who were trying to understand so if you know i I did see somebody say you know they say i hope kobe you know um was a you know christian or i and i think they were catholic i believe they were catholic Mm. i need to verify that but I'm, but I'm almost positive, you know, they had some type of uh, relationship. But even if they didn't, like, what is that? <clears throat> why do, why do we, why does that have to be a thing that we discuss? Right. Like, why do we need to discuss like his spiritual choices if that's not what they chose to do? You know, he was more than capable of making that decision, and it doesn't make him a bad person because he didn't do that, mm-hmm. or because he wasn't uh, a Christian, or because he wasn't saved. We automatically categorize that those are bad people mm-hmm. or those are people who lack morals and ideals and that's just that that's just inaccurate in, on so many levels um and so i really you know i really think we need to like change our our, our framing around that because that's a common thing when people die especially mm-hmm. when young people die it's like mm-hmm. oh i hope they gave their life to christ mm-hmm. i hope they found jesus yeah. Have you found Jesus? And what does that mean to allow other people to do the work that you've already done if they need to do it? Or, you know, we're all doing it. Like when people say, well, this is going to be my year to get right with God. You're you're already doing that. You know, just give yourself, give other people the space and the opportunity to really work this God thing out. 
I was I was just mad emotional. So it's been a sad week. It's been sad. This was a this was a this was a fucked up way to end January. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I heard I had literally just preached and got what? And gotten to my car and looked at my phone and my cousin was like Send like a link, and I didn't look at it immediately. But then my phone just started blowing up because of the mm-hmm. group chat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? And I looked at it, and I literally sat in my car for like 20 minutes and just like looked at that, and just I literally could not believe this man. Literally, Kobe had been on so many cameos in the 90s. Kobe was on Sister Sister. Mm-hmm. He was on The Proud Family. He was on. He was like Kobe was Kobe. Like it was like. Like this, like this one hurts. This one hurts, but prayers and wishes and mm-hmm. love and light and all of that shit to mm-hmm. the Bryant family, um, the other victims of the plane crash. Okay, let me find their names so we can say them all. I know they're still trying to figure out exactly what happened. Um, but praying for all the, you know, so people who knew him who are. You know, this is going to be something they, 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 that they, consequently they have to deal with for the remainder of the year, mm-hmm. um, for the rest of their life. Um, so just praying for them, praying for Kobe's daughters. You know, he had a, he had like a five month old mm-hmm. and a, a year old, so two really young kids. Um, and and mm-hmm. I think it's older than Natalia. 17. She's seventeen, but two really young kids. And I just my heart really goes out to Vanessa for, you know, going. From mom, wife, you know, to single mom in a, you know, in a tragic instinct. And once again, that TMZ blasted y'all on some bullshit. There's actually a campaign right now to remove TMZ's news or whatever. And they really Mm -hmm. need to because they're absolutely disgusting. That's absolutely disgusting. Are the names Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant. Alyssa Altabelli, John Altabelli, Carrie Altabelli, Christina Mauser, Peyton Chester, Sarah Chester, and Ara Zabayan. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, y'all, and rest in power. And we're going to take a quick break and we're going to wrap up the show. So, here's a word from our sponsor, Esther. I can't stand you. (laughs) All right. It's time to wrap up the show. All right. We're here to wrap it up. Send all of your questions, concerns, feedback, whatever else. Your complaints. Your (laughs) your hate mail. (laughs) Send it all. Send it all. We're over it all. Send it all to Hill. At gmail.com, and you can reach us on Twitter at Holy as Hell Pod and Facebook at Holy as Hell. Um, we're gonna do our last segment a little differently this week. We wanted to share a tool with you that we found mm-hmm. that we, I, well, I found useful. I know Chris was found useful. Oh, um, definitely. That may provide some insight into you know different parts of your life. So, okay. So it's called the Enneagram, and it has origins within all the major faith and ancient religious traditions. And so this guy essentially wanted to 
type people, but type them in a way that it's rooted in their the way that they see themselves or don't see themselves in whatever deity that they believe in. And so there are nine numbers, one through nine. And in some versions of the test, what you'll do is just read through the different descriptions. And then whichever description sounds most like you is usually you. And it's something that you can sit with for a little while and then go back to. And then if you feel like it's you, then mostly it most likely is. Mm -hmm. And so, DJ, what's your number? I am a number three, which is the achiever. Um, And the achiever basically is... A person who is very, very self-motivated, um, intrinsically motivated, um, very success-oriented, so often trying to accomplish things or achieve things um, or tasks or goals. Um, somebody who is really good at networking, connecting with people, building relationships, um meeting deadlines, like stuff like that, um, all that things. On the flip end, it's also, like, somebody who will do it to, like, their detriment. So, like, they're so focused on accomplish a goal or if they don't feel like they accomplish it, then they, you know, get depressed or they get – they'll do anything to accomplish that goal, even if it's, like, self-harming, like, which it sounds about right, (laughs) which is me. Um, It's also a person who's, like – uh, has like a really large fear of failure and like often compares mm. themselves to other people. So like if other people are doing things well, it's like, oh, I should be doing well. And then if I'm not doing well, then it's like, oh, I'm a horrible person. I should just die. And like it's it's like a very, it's like a large cliff. Um, and it seems about right. I was like, yep, that's me. That's <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that's it. Um, yeah, so what's yours? So I am a two, and that is known as the helper. And so I'm very caring. I am a giver. I thrive on relationships. Like I'm very relational. Like I always want to be one of those people that's like, eh, I don't really like people, but that's a lie every time I say it. I love people mm-hmm. and their complexity. And I love people so much that the worser parts of me tend to do a lot of people pleasing and I can be a little or a lot of possessive with people and with things and so one of my bad habits is trying to swoop in and save the day for other people and so knowing this about myself like I learned this right at the start of my seminary career which was probably the best time to realize it because people will definitely take advantage of me mm-hmm. had I not recognized that that was like a growing edge. And so knowing my number has helped me start to build better boundaries with myself and with people so that I'm not always doing things for other people to the detriment of myself. So oh my we strongly, strongly suggest that if you don't know what your Enneagram number is, then to just do a simple Google search and check it out. Yep. Read through the numbers. Um, there's a really good book called The Road Back to You 
which is probably the most contemporary and like the most popular version of a reading of all the types. And it'll give you really good tools and really good descriptions and explanations to maybe some of the beliefs and thoughts and behaviors that you've been exhibiting and you don't necessarily know just why. Mm-hmm. And we'll share a link out on our social media, on Twitter and Facebook, so you guys can engage and share with us your Enneagram mm-hmm. number and what you get and how it shows up in your life. And I this has really, like, good benefits because you, like, you, one, you should know this about yourself. Like, you should know, like, oh, I'm like, hmm, I'm a toxic-ass person and this mm. is what makes me toxic. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is why my relationship keeps failing. Like, yeah. it has real implications for your relationship, implications for your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, it, you know, it might share, like, like why are you not happy at the job or why this shit makes you upset. Like, then you should know that so you can, like, live the best version of your life. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, find that out, share it with us. Let's create some dialogue. Y'all know mine, so I should know yours. Mm, yeah, we can have a really right? healthy conversation about right. it on Facebook or Twitter. On Facebook, because yeah, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like heal shit in 2020. Even Dang though, man. even though 2020 is starting That's this, okay. That's, starting this bitch off. We prayed off, for right? this. We prayed for it. So now we, we have to do the work. We did. We 2020 did. said it's not gonna be easy. So, so level up. Level up, niggas. Sierra so. said. And she, yeah. and she and she, as she lives her life, <laughs> she's leveled up immensely. Yes, she has. But yeah, so let's do that. And yeah, so that's it. Do that's you have any shout outs for this week? Also, shout outs. Um, I do. Man, I so I had the flu this past week. So oh. to, <laughs> wait a minute. Don't do that. It's gone. Don't. I don't need that negativity in my life. Not this past week, but like this past weekend. Like we moved. That's right. You did. So we had to pack, move, and I had to preach on Sunday. It was it was a lot. And on top of that, I got sick. So shout out to Chauncey, the the wifey holding it down. Literally, yes. she has been super everything. She's been <laughs> I cannot explain it. I, I've literally been on my ass, like trying not to die, covered in like snot. It was bad. But yeah, shout out to you. Um, shout out to my homie Darcy having me come preach. Brought the word over there. It was dope. Um, I definitely told you. You don't be listening to me. No, you didn't. Um, anyway, uh, and yeah, shout out to shout out to my nigga Kim because Kim be holding this shit yes. down. And she got her doing bomb stuff that I can't tell you about yet, but I will. Yes. Yeah, so. (laughs) My best friend wanted another shout out. She was really excited. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What? So shout out to Leandra Nell one more time. It's always good, especially because I'm a relational person, to have had a friendship that has lasted almost, no, more than half of the years I've been on this planet I've had a best friend that has been really great really sweet has grown up with me knows the ins and outs to me and so I give thanks to God for my BFF Leandra um but also I'm gonna double that shout out to Kim Kim is out here doing big things Mm -hmm. she just texted us both and we can't share her 
news just yet but um if you know kim say hey girl congratulations mm-hmm. you don't know what you congratulating her for yet but you know yeah just say this shit and then walk away <laughs> that would actually be superb oh lord so yeah so this has been holy as hell um again have a great Holy Hell Week. I hope all Holy Sunday. Holy Sunday. I hope communion y- is gonna be great. I hope your pastor preaches uh his clean socks off. Um mm, yeah. you know, or she preaches off her paletto her stilettos, whatever, whatever works. <laughs> Do that. Um and let us know what y'all nigga y'all pastors be preaching about. Cause I don't be getting the word all the time. So you know, I'll be relying on y'all and y'all just, you know, keep all that goodness to yourselves. Oh, DJ. I shake niggas. <laughs> See y'all next time. <laughs>